Stanley, see this? This is this. This ain't something else. This is this. Pages ahead from Deer Hunter looking wow. at. Well, I looked at Philip Se- or I looked at Christopher Walken. Yep. I looked at Christopher Walken's movies. Then I looked at The Late Quartet, which is a movie I want to see. That's got Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, so they went to Philip Seymour Hoffman's page. So you go, fell down a rabbit hole. A little bit. Oh. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> <sighs> depressing intro to go with a depressing movie. I fucking hate Vietnam. That is, I thought you were going to yell. I was going to yell it, but you know what? Let's be calm okay. adults about this. Guys, we watched another Vietnam Fucking movie. Fucking Vietnam. Seriously. This one was like almost as bad, if not worse, than Platoon. Oh. We watched. What did we watch, Lindsay? It is The Deer Hunter. Yes. I keep calling it Deer Hunter. It's The Deer Hunter from 1978, which is movie number 53 on our list. Indeed. Wow. I haven't yawned. You realize I haven't yawned in so many episodes. Wow. And that was a big, long one. It is like 8.30. We're like five seconds into the episode. Oh, I can't see the time. I know, I'm working on it. Keep going. We're using the new audition, so we're learning. Where yes, I updated moved. my audition, so I... I, I so this movie stuff. is from 1978. It's an in-depth examination of the way that the Vietnam War affects the lives of a people in a small industrial town in the USA. Now, when you first start the movie, you're going to think that um, it ha- what does this have to do with Vietnam? Because the first, what, hour of the movie takes place in the little town in Pennsylvania. Yes, the first hour of the film takes place in, in their town, in their hometown. And then the next second act takes place in Vietnam. Right. And then the third act takes place after they get back. Correct. So basically the movie is divided up Are into three Are we allowed to chunks. spoil this movie? <sighs> I mean, we are. We according our to our rules, oh, yeah, our we're rules, allowed. we're allowed to spoil it. But I don't know. See, like we were able to spoil the six. Well, no, we did. Well, we did spoil the sixth sense after our. We gave a spoiler warning, didn't we, for the sixth sense? I think so. No, we didn't because we didn't spoil it. No, we did because everyone knows what the twist in the end is. Right. See, this movie. I was not aware of a twist No, but how many people, like, this. okay, how many people do you know that have seen this movie? Exactly. One of my friends at school, actually, today, when I said we have to, I'm like, the movie we have to watch tonight is super long, and he asked me what movie we were watching, and I said The Deer Hunter, and he goes, that's a great movie. See, I haven't. And he was right. I haven't heard that many people have having seen it. I th- I've heard of people who have seen it, or who, sorry, that con- completely contradicts what I just said. I have, I know people who have heard of it. I just don't know that many people who have seen it, or at least they're not. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it, it because I know, because Christopher Walken, like, yeah. this is one of those movies that Christopher Walken is known for. It's right. like this in The Prophecy. <laughs> That's your go-to Christopher yep. Walken movie. Yep. I've never even seen it. I just know he's on the box. <laughs> Doesn't he play an angel? Yes. Like a bad, like evil, vengeful angel? Yes. Basically, that is exactly <laughs> it. Hold on. I want to read what the... What the... Oh, I'm sorry. I cannot find... That's actually not one of the movies he's known for on IMDb, oddly enough. Christopher Walken? Yeah. He's got to be known for, like, Batman. Oh, I forgot he was the Hessian in Sleepy Hollow. Yes. That, oh, God, he scared the crap out of me in the movie with the pointy teeth. See? Christopher Walken is creepy. Christopher Walken is in this movie, just for the record. Yeah, who He's also the- in Mouse Hunt. <laughs> so we go from his Academy Award winning <laughs> film, The Deer Hunter, to Mouse Hunt. Mouse Hunt. <laughs> who else is A in the movie? A movie I did not care for. Care for. Uh, Robert De Niro, Meryl Streep, uh, John... Kazale. That's how we decided to say his name. C-A-Z-A-L-E. Kazale. Like Zales, like the jewelry store. Who is better known as Fredo in the Godfather trilogy? Well, trilogy? Just the first two. I've never seen the third Godfather. Is he in the third one? He's not in the third one. Could he die by the time the the third third one one was made? The third one came out in 1990. Oh, well, (laughs) this was John Kazale's last movie. Yeah. He is Fredo in... The first two Godfathers. Moving on. Oh, interesting. I feel like I would like this movie. The Prophecy. <laughs> We're still on that Christopher Walken movie. <laughs> We're still 
Not even talking walking. about the Okay, nope. so let's get back on track here. Back let's get to back the on movie. track. I did read the summary. I never came up with a summary for this movie. You should come up with a summary for this film. That does Oh, we never actually finished talking. Are we spoiling the ending of this film? We'll get there when we get there. Okay. So we'll wait and see how we feel when we get to that point in our discussion at the end of the film. There is a trivia fact I have that will spoil it. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll think about it when we okay. get there. I don't want to ruin Jeff ruined it for himself in the, like, and I the last pissed. 45 minutes of the yeah. movie because he was, was reading pissed. Wikipedia about it. I try really hard to not watch or not read the trivia at all yeah. until the last... Like, I quit doing pre-research because it was ruining movies for me. Right. So I try not to do it till the last 20 minutes or so if I can help it. And then I try to avoid the spoiler section unless I don't care. See, and my problem and was... And this I cared. My problem was this time as I was reading about the filming locations because I wanted to know about where they filmed yeah. stuff. And the filming location spoiled the ending. Oh, I thought of my summary. What is your summary? I really don't like this. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> you want to do that closer to the mic again? I really don't like this. I'm going to throw up. I had my sweatshirt hands in front of my face. I like that. It's a good... Because, yeah, because the film basically is broken up. If you haven't seen it, it's broken up into three acts, like we were saying, mm-hmm. where the first act is everything pre-war, the second act is during war, and the third act is after war. Yep. Which, when we were going into it, we were trying to figure out, why is this movie three hours long? But it doesn't feel like three hours long. The beginning is slow. It is. Because they spend so much time but dedicated again, to the wedding. when is this movie from? 1970. Yes. 78 Eight? was when they made it they made it in so they're coming out of that whole 70s super long lots Drawn of exposition yeah. this movie is definitely more about character development yes. than it is about oh oh i took my earrings out um character <laughs> development than it is about anything else i touch i was just gesticulating and i touched my ears and i'm like where'd my earrings go i forgot i took them out earlier today <laughs> these are the little things that happen on the show when we're <laughs> The people like to know that you do not have your earrings on right now. <laughs> do you like this movie, Lindsay? Yes, I did. Do you like it? Yes. Do you really like it? You like I it? did. You love it? I actually... Do you love it? I think I do. You love it. Interesting. Interesting. I indeed. think I do love it. I liked it. I think I love it because it's more about character development. Okay. And more, I don't love the fact that it's about the Vietnam War because no. I don't like the Vietnam War anymore. Nope. I mean, not anymore. I never have. There's but a period just of like, life where Lindsay loved Vietnam. No, no, no that's no. not fair to say. No, no, because that's creepy and weird. Exactly. But like, I took a class in an online class in grad school on the history of the Vietnam War. Okay. From like both perspectives, and it was interesting. But god damn it, it's depressing. Yes. Explosive tag. <sighs> Remember when I said I fucking Vietnam in the oh, first yeah, that's 30 right. seconds? That's right, that's right. <laughs> so yes, I actually did love this movie because it's not... It's not like Platoon where the whole movie essentially took place yeah. in Vietnam. It's like... It's a different Vietnam It's a different movie. way to look at Vietnam and how it affected the people right. at, before and after, not just during. Right. I feel like Platoon and when we get to an apocalypse now is definitely about during, it's, not before and after. It's This is a more like humanist approach to it as opposed right. to a... Well, you can say like a glorification of the war. I don't want to say glorification. Like no. I was going to say it's like a glorified reenactment because right. that's kind of what Platoon is to me. I mean, it's also about... That's more relationship-based as opposed to character development-based, if that makes any sense. Well, that makes sense, because this film, you see, with it broken up in this three-act structure, you see what these people are like before they even get into the war. Yeah. And then you see how much their lives change yes. post-war. Because... And you see... I mean, you... Really, the stuff that actually happens in Vietnam for that second act, there's really only two major things that happen yeah like for the war yeah, and then yeah, it's them while yeah. they're over there so like it's not and again even... it's about the development of the two characters and yeah. the, or well it's kind of this movie i think focuses mainly on robert de niro and christopher walken's yes. characters and their relationship together and then, Meryl Stream. And then their friends who are yeah. more peripheral people Except for maybe Stevie yeah but, Stevie's probably the closest you get to a third yeah. person in that whole in the whole film story but it's no, I would agree. I would agree. It definitely is one of those where it's, it is. It's because you see, you see Robert De Niro's character and Christopher Walken's character in the beginning of the film, the first act. You compare them to how they are in the third act of the film, and they are completely, they're basically different characters. Yeah. There's. Oh, you guys! Christopher different. Walken in this movie is amazing. Like, okay, 
This is the first movie I've seen Christopher Walken in where he's doing like strictly he's, dramatic. He's not like, doing Christopher Walken. He's not being Christopher Walken. This is not, you know, even in Sleepy Hollow, this is, you know, that's more of a fantastical character because yeah. he's the headless horseman. Um, Pulp Fiction, he's, I mean, the story he tells is kind of ludicrously ridiculous. Yep. Um, Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. See, by the time. Blast from the Past. I was anyone? Saying, by the time he, by the time like late 90s came around, Christopher Walken had become a caricature of himself. Yeah. And that's what he does. He plays. Like, I would never have Walken. known that he'd won an Oscar. Yeah. And, you know, for like this movie. Spoilers. <laughs> oh my God. People are going to know that. I'm sorry. As a good segue into my section of the podcast. Yeah, we kind of oh. did the whole discussion thing a little uh, early. Meta, meta information. Oh, sorry. Yes. Stuff. I was reading John Savage's filmography. Uh, 8.2 out of 10 and a 73 meta score. Only seven critical reviews, though. Roger Ebert, which is good, though, that it has that high of a meta score. If With it's only seven. got seven, oh, that okay. means they're good. Because remember, it's that the average yep. of all the reviews. Yep, you're right. I'm sorry. I forget it, that sometimes. It'd be worse if it was like a, if it was like a 70 out of 6,000 reviews because then everyone's kind of like, eh, it's okay. Uh, and also, Roger Ebert gave it a uh, 4 out of 4 star. Oh, you five used out 4 of out of 4. Is it 5 stars? What I don't remember. It's one of those. No, I think it's 4. It's 4 stars. Um, I do the website. I don't remember. No, um, Roger Ebert gave it a 4 star rating out of 4, so he loved it as well. Okay. But anyways, the great... Oh, this is a very different Kill Your Darlings. The Sorry. great segue into my section for the podcast. For the podcast. We are in my podcast. Zofia does not like the tassels. <laughs> he does not like the tassels. Um, this film was nominated for nine Academy Awards. It had been the ones that it was nominated for but did not win. Okay. Okay. Would be Best Actor in a Leading Role for Robert De Niro. Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Meryl Streep. Best Writing Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen. Okay, that was actually giving me a question I had for you, whether this was based on a book or not. Yep, no, it was... A, it was. There's a long, drawn-out history regarding the writing of this film. Okay. It was one of those where a couple of the writers got together, and then over the weekend they hashed out the script and they wrote the script and then the script got changed and they accused them of changing okay. it not enough or they, they changed it too much and they should have gotten like the the proper credits weren't done the director wrote part of it too okay um yeah it actually it does say writers michael right you know but like Camino? he was camino is how camino we're gonna yeah that's how we were gonna c-i-m-i-n-o um but like he wasn't i don't think he was completely credited like in the opening it was some weird like it was an ongoing thing and there's been a lot of issues about where the story came from Uh, and then the other uh, uh, Oscar that it was nominated for but did not win was Best Cinematography I can see that it won uh, it won Best Picture so it is the Best Picture film which is awesome Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Christopher Walken okay Best Director for Michael Camino Camino. and then uh, Best Sound Semino? It could be Semino. Camino. Because he's Italian, but it also could be a, like a hard K sound. Okay. We apologize. You guys know at this point. We don't we know names. Don't do names. We don't do names at all. Last names. We can do first names generally. Oh, and then also. Like sorry. there's a guy in here whose last name we are not even going to touch. <laughs> it starts with a D. D and there's, and then a, there's Z, a Z next to it. There's another Z later on. Uh, it also, sorry, it also won for best film editing. So it, okay. it, it did win. Um,. It was entered into the National Film Yay! Registry. I'm glad. As of 1996. So oh, good. it's that's, been in the registry for a while. Um, really, it, it was entered in the registry less than 20 years after it came out. Wow. Uh, 18 years after it came okay. out. That's impressive. So very, very fast. No um, technology for the film, okay. sadly, because there's really nothing in Well, they shot entirely everything on location. There's yeah. no sound stages. I yeah. read that. Like, they built... They built the bar and stuff, okay. which I mean, yeah. maybe a trivia. I thing. actually do. So, but they built stuff, and that's it's cool that they actually they went built the on bar, location. and then the bar stayed, and it got turned into a real bar, <laughs> which is kind of awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, do you know what it was up against for the Oscar? That was what I was just going to look up to see. Um, I, I did not do that this time. Okay, I'm so. Do you want good me at that. to get into trivia, and then you can just interrupt me? Yes, yes, go ahead. Okay, because I have a lot of trivia. Actually, it's it's a fair amount of trivia, but it's all really interesting. So the scene where John Savage, it's John Savage, right? Yes. Michael Savage. John you're, Savage. You're talking for Steve, John right? Savage, yep. The scene where John Savage is yelling, Michael, there's rats in here, as he is stuck in the river, is actually Savage yelling at the director, 
Michael. Oh, yeah. Because of his fear of rats, which were infesting the river area. He was yelling for the director to pull him out of the water because of the rats. And it looked real, so they kept it in. Um, Robert De Niro recently explained that the scene where Michael visits Steve in the hospital for the first time was the most emotional scene that he was ever involved with. He broke down in tears while discussing the scene in AFI Life Achievement Award, a tribute to Robert De Niro in 2003. Oh. Uh, the director convinced Christopher Walken to spit in Michael's face when Walken actually did it. Robert De Niro was completely shocked, as evidenced by his reaction. Yeah, it looked real. <sighs> in fact, De Niro was so furious that he nearly left the set. Oh, really? Yeah. Come on, De Niro. And Camino later said of walking, he's got courage. I mean, it's probably like one of those in the moment thing. Like, did you, like, why the hell did you do what, that? What? What? <laughs> Come on, walking. Um, some of the Russian roulette scene in some of the, during. Okay, this is the one of the ones I wasn't gonna tell you. Um, until I, we got on mic, so you have to listen to me. Okay, you're reading. I can tell. Okay. During some of the Russian roulette scenes, a live round was put into the gun to heighten the actor's tension. Fuck that. This was Robert De Niro's suggestion. It was checked, however, to make sure that the bullet was not in the chamber before the trigger was pulled. But that's just a fucking stupid idea. And that's the reason why crap, like, was it Brandon Lee got? No, I mean, that's not why Brandon Lee died. Yeah. But it's, like, stupid. Stupid shit, shit like, like that, that is why people die in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. On film sets like that. Robert didn't... Mm. That's why Christopher Walken goes crazy. In the slapping, general. <laughs> the slapping in the Russian roulette sequences was 100% authentic. The actors grew very agitated by the constant slapping, which naturally added to the realism of the scenes. I can see that. Christopher Walken achieved the withdrawn, hollow look of his character by, by eating nothing but rice and bananas and just being Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, because that was the one and thing. And not, what did I yell at the screen towards the end during that end scene with them? Blink, you crazy bastard. Yes. Because in the beginning of the movie, you're watching this film going, wow, Christopher Walken's really young. He doesn't, he doesn't look like Christopher Walken at yeah, all. Yeah, he's got like good color and like he's wearing makeup. He gets to the end of this film and it's Christopher Walken. It's Christopher he Walken. He becomes what you know of as Christopher Walken and it's just, it's not no. spoiling anything. No. It's just. I feel like we're going to have to spoil it. If we're going to discuss it, we're going to have to spoil there's it. There's a character transformation. Yeah. We'll hold it off as long as we can. We'll give you a warning. We'll do it. We'll do it in our discussion at the okay. end. Okay. Uh, John Kazel. Kazale, sorry, Kazale. We kept saying Kazale when we were reading it. Kazale was very, Fredo, okay. <laughs> uh, was very weak when filming began, and for this reason, his scenes were filmed first. The director knew from the start that he was dying from cancer, but the studio did not. When they found out they wanted to replace Kazale, when Meryl Streep learned of this of their intention, she threatened to quit if they did. Kazale died shortly after filming was completed. He died. And he looks like a corpse in yes. this movie. I mean, you know how in, like, The Godfather, he never looks all... I mean, he's tan, but he's always kind of gotten that sunken, his head looks like a literal skull yeah. kind of thing. He's always kind of looked like that, but this movie, he's like... He he's looks... He's gray. Yeah. It's He not, looks like he's about to go. Yeah, and he did. He, he did. Like, he, he died in March of 78, and the film was released in December of 78. Yeah. For LA, and then was released in February of 78, or 79. So it... Yeah. He he was going very quickly. Uh, Robert De Niro, who prepared for this role by socializing with actual steelworkers, was introduced by his hosts and new friends as Bob, and no one recognized him. He doesn't look like Robert De Niro. No, he really doesn't. It's the beard. It's the beard. You can tell by the mole and the smile. Yep. Uh, Meryl Streep improvised many of her lines. Okay, I can see that. Um, one of the characters who plays Julian... Lost a friend in real life to a game of Russian roulette. Robert De Niro claims this was his most physically exhausting film. I can see that as well. Because it look it is very much so... <sighs> it's very, very... It looks like it would just take a lot out of you to do this film. Yeah. Very emotional. That's what I wanted to yeah. say. The studio wanted to replace... Uh, Kazale, when he was ruled uninsurable, Robert De Niro put up the money for the insurance and Kazale died shortly after filming was completed. Chuck Aspergren, Aspergren was not an actor when he was cast in the movie. He plays Axel, by the way. Okay. The guy with the beard who owns the bar. Yep. He was the foreman at a steelworks visited in early pre-production by Robert De Niro and the director. I'm saying the director because I keep butchering his last name. 
They were so impressed with him that they decided to offer him the role. He was, in fact, the second person to be cast in the film after De Niro himself. Huh. Yeah. Not Christopher Walken. (laughs) Actually have someone who is considered instead of Walken. Well, let me guess. If it's the 70s, it's probably going to be... Oh, there's like four or five different actors that come to mind. Okay. The deaths of approximately... Burt Reynolds. Please tell me it's Burt Reynolds. It's not Burt Reynolds. Damn it. <laughs> the deaths of approximately 28 people who died playing Russian roulette were reported as having been influenced by the scenes in this movie. See, and... But they don't glamorize it. Oh, my God. What they, did I yell at the screen? I'm like, why would anyone want to do this? They don't glamorize it, but at the same time, I feel like this was like the first major big screen portrayal of Russian Roulette. Oh, because God. think about it. It won Best they Picture. They didn't play Russian Roulette in any of the Bond movies? I no. feel like they did. Not not up to this point. They might have done something later. For some reason, I feel like they did, but they never did it in the Bond movies. Mm. So, I mean, at this point in time, I don't think... Again, in major films. I can't say, like, the smaller ones that didn't get noticed yeah. or the independent films, they probably did. But I think this is probably one of the first times that Russian Roulette was shown, Yeah, you know, in a, in a major film, major studio film. Um, in the commentary for the special edition DVD release, and as of 2005, it's only available in the UK region 2 encoded, the director reveals that Nick is the father of Angela's baby. Angela is... Steve's wife, who they get married in the beginning of the movie. Um, this was highly a highly debated issue by fans of the film that was, until now, a mystery. Which, looking at it, based upon the conversations that the characters but have in the beginning of the film... But this movie came out in 78, right? Yeah, 78, yes. Uh, late 78, early 78. 79. 2005. <laughs> that's oh, that's almost, almost 30, 30 years. years. Yeah. Uh, Jan Scruggs, a Vietnam veteran who became a counselor with the U.S. Department of Labor, thought of the idea of building a national memorial for Vietnam veterans after seeing the screening of the film in the spring of 1979, and he established and operated the memorial fund, which paid for it. That's cool. When the guys are leaving the factory and heading to Welch's bar, Nick encourages Michael to drive faster, and in real life, Christopher Walken has a phobia of going too fast in cars. (laughs) Interesting. Various critics objected to the Russian roulette sequences, suggesting that such activity never took place in the Vietnam War, to which I call bullshit. How are they going to know? Yeah. If they've never been there. Yeah, it's Uh, not called Russian roulette. I'm sure it's probably called something else during Vietnam, but... Direct, the director was planning on the scenes to cause was planning on the scenes to cause controversy and simply stated that no one could be certain of the accuracy. Robert De Niro and the director reportedly argued as to the realism of the scenes. Hence, maybe the suggestion of the live round. Um, this was the first feature film depicting the U.S. involvement in Vietnam to be filmed on location in Thailand. Robert De Niro and John Savage performed their own stunts in the fall into the river, filming the 30-foot drop 15 times in two days. Wow. They filmed them themselves? Mm-hmm. That's nuts. The cast and crew viewed large amounts of news footage from the war to ensure authenticity. The wedding scene at the church took five days to film, and an actual priest was cast as the priest. The wedding sequences were filmed in the summer, but were set in the fall. To accomplish the look of fall, leaves were removed from the trees, painted orange, and then reattached to the trees. That stupid wedding. I think it was just so drawn out. Jeff Bridges uh, was considered for the role of Nick. You didn't let me guess! Sorry, you took too long. Yeah, we were waiting until we got to it! I was going to guess, like, Jeff Bridges, Robert Redford, John Travolta, or Al Pacino, because mm-hmm. they would have been, like, the other big 70s, yeah. act, or Dustin Hoffman. He would have been my other one that I would have guessed. The bar was specially constructed in an empty storefront in Mingo Junction, Ohio, for $25,000. It later became an actual saloon for local steel mill workers. Robert De Niro visited the homes of steel workers and went to local bars to prepare for the film. U.S. Steel allowed filming inside its Cleveland mill, including placing the actors around the furnace floor only after securing a $5 million insurance policy. I'm sorry, was this movie taking place in Ohio? Yes. I thought it took place in Pittsburgh. It was filmed in Pittsburgh, but it was supposed to be in Ohio. I thought it was, it just said they took place, they filmed in Ohio. Yeah, they filmed in Ohio. 
And they filmed in Ohio. This city that they li- they live in is made up of like seven different cities. But did the movie itself take place in Ohio or Pennsylvania? I thought the movie took place in Ohio. I thought it took place in Pennsylvania. Maybe they never say. I will look it up to okay. see if somebody says anything about okay. it. Okay. Plot. Um, never mind. In Clareton, a small working class town in western Pennsylvania. Win. Technically, we are both correct. There's no mountains like that in Ohio. Well, no, but I figure they drew they they drove to the Appalachians. I figure they drove to uh, the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, okay. That's why those mountains I, were actually filmed in Washington yeah, State. Which they look awful big to be the Appalachians, but <laughs> the deer which Michael allows to get away was actually an elk, the same one often used on commercials for Hartford Insurance. The crew had a very difficult time trying to get the elk to look at them as it was apparently used to various noises because it's, you know, used in film. It finally looked at them when someone in the crew yawned. (laughs) We thought it was some weird mating call. Roy Scheider was originally cast as Steven but withdrew from the production two weeks before the start of filming due to creative differences. So John Savage was uncast. Interesting. The church used in the wedding sequence was the... Theodosius Russian Orthodox Cathedral located in Cleveland, Ohio. See, yeah. One can clearly see the name plaque in one scene. Notice they say one scene. They don't say which of the one scenes it is. See? Christopher Walken was originally supposed to receive $17,000 for his role as Nick, but his salary was increased to $25,000 because filming took longer than was originally planned. $17,000, huh? When the movie was being planned in the mid-1970s, Vietnam was still a taboo subject with all the major Hollywood studios. It was the English company EMI who initially arranged financing. Universal got involved with the picture at a much later stage. By the way, Christopher Walken was originally offered uh, $60,000 to do the movie. But then they let him have it for ninety two. Okay. Slight still increase. Still not a lot of money no. in the grand scheme of things. Now when you see who it is, and nowadays I'm sure he gets a couple million to do yeah. a film just because it's Christopher Walken. The director spent six months shooting his film and a further five months mixing the soundtrack. Since this was his first Dolby film, he was eager to exploit the technology to its fullest potential. A short battle sequence, for example, 200 feet of film, took five days to dub. For the recreation of the American evacuation of Saigon, he accompanied composer Stanley Myers to the location and had him listen to the sounds of the vehicles, tanks, and jeep horns as the sequence is being filmed. Myers then composed music for the sequence in the same key as the horns so that it would blend with the images, creating one truly bleak experience. Interesting. So that was the Saigon evacuation. Yeah, that is intense shit right there. I will agree. That shit has been intense. (laughs) <laughs> Some levity for you during our major downer Vietnam episode. Oh, thank you. Two of two of three. We got one more Vietnam after this. Ugh. One of the very few films whose while. 70 millimeter prints kept the film in its original 235 to 1 aspect ratio, yep. letterbox within the 70 millimeter to 20 to 1 frame, instead of being simply of simply being cropped to 220 at to 1. As was done with most widescreen films, blown up to 70 millimeters. Yes. AKA, it's the big bars on the top, or actually, well, because most people have 16 by 9 TVs. It's the bars on your screen when you watch a movie, instead of it being the slightly narrower bars. It's the bigger bars. Okay. If it's a 2 by 35. It's like the... It's the... These ones as opposed to these ones. Yes. Good visual, Good visual on the podcast, for that podcast right? There, right? Yep. Do it yep. again, closer to the microphone. This one to this one. <laughs> it's the bigger bars instead of the smaller bars. In the USA, theatrical posters contain the following warning at the bottom. Due to the mature nature of this film, under 17 requires accompanying parent or adult guardian. There will be strict adherence to this policy. So they start I wonder if this was the film that they started using that blurb for which, the R rating Which films, is, uh, you know, the big, it's what's after the rating, the yeah. R rating now. The choir featured in the wedding scenes was an actual choir at the church used during filming. They had to sing the hymns more than 50 times. Scouts for the film traveled over 100,000 miles by plane, bus, and car to find locations for the filming. The film screenplay by the director and Derek Washburn was based in part on the script The Man Who Came to Play, a 1975 screenplay by Louis Garfinkel, 
Garfinkel, not Garfunkel, and Quinn K. Redeker about men who traveled to Las Vegas to play Russian roulette. A pre-release arbitration dispute secured Garfinkel and Redeker as co-story by credit on the film, although the two writers had nothing to do with its making. They also later shared an Oscar nomination with Camino and Washburn. Yep, they're all credited for writing the film just because it dealt with the people going and dealing with Russian roulette. Like I said, there's some, there's weird, like a weird history as to like, cause I, cause of, of people claiming that they wrote more, they didn't write more. They changed the script and stuff like that. Like, okay. Here's the point where we need to decide whether we're going to spoil the movie or not. Cause my last trivia fact is under the spoiler heading. All right, kiddos right now. If you do not want to listen to the, what the spoiling of the ending is, I, oh, damn it. I think it's, I don't want to like ruin it. Because it's not what you would expect to have happened. I can I can read this trivia fact without ruining the movie. Okay. I can just leave off the end. In the original script, the roles of Mike and Nick are reversed. In the last half of the film, Nick goes home and Michael stays in Vietnam and okay. sends money home to help Steven. Okay. I will leave it at that. I okay. will leave the end of that sentence off because it won't ruin it for you. Because I will say this right now. Oh my God. I nearly cried at the end of this movie. You, you think of a Vietnam movie... You kind of go, you kind of, you kind of have these like preconceived notions or any war movie for that matter. You kind of have these preconceived notions as to what's going to happen. You know, there's going to be violence. There's going to be killing. There's, there's going to be stuff that's going to happen in it. I, when we started this movie, my original thought, because I didn't realize that they were going to do that three act structure for the film. Mm-hmm. So I assumed, oh, once they got to Vietnam, the rest of the movie is going to be in Vietnam, maybe for like a five minute prologue at the end, blah, 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 all that. And then that's going to be the end of the movie. It's not... And what the no, the last no act of the epilogue. film is, is not what I expected it to be at all. And I don't want to ruin it. No. I mean, that me saying it's not what you expect. Jeff was legitimately it. angry when he ruined it yes. for himself. So we are not going to ruin it for you. I don't want to ruin it. And I know, yes, as we said, I know this, it's out of our spoiler territory, but we but can still But sometimes we that. make the judicial call as to whether we want to ruin it or yeah, not. Yeah, and truthfully, I don't want to ruin the ending. Nope, you I don't You should either. watch the ending if you've never seen Just it. Just watch this movie. Yes. This is a good movie. Watch it. And yes, beginning the first act's a little slow, but you gotta but if understand you pay- why. If you get, yeah, you let it it's go. It's about character development. If you watch it for the characters, mm-hmm. it will make the third act that much more impactful. Yeah. Because you do see what happens to these people. Fun fact. One yes. of the songs played during the wedding reception is a Russian song that I can sing in Russian and do the traditional dance for because I've learned it four times in school. You were very proud about that. I was. <laughs> it's called Troika. <laughs> All right. Hi, my horses at the... Go- Don't ask. All right. Let me move on. I to have my- a Belarusian professor, so she knows this stuff. And that's why. And that's why I know it. The well, Deer Hunter is not on Netflix. It's not on Netflix? Nope. Makes me so People sad. have to find it. I'm, you can go, I mean, it's in the National Film Registry. I'm sure you can go to any I'm video I'm checking store all the random sources it. or the regular sources. Probably get it on Amazon or Hulu or maybe on Hulu. Um, I don't think it's on Hulu. Yes? No? No. I got to check Amazon, too. Check for Amazon. Let me move on to Stuff and Things. Stuff and Things. With me. Jeff. Uh, number one. It's apparently very easy to not realize you're four months pregnant. Right? Seriously, that lady. Number two. The first act of this movie is a Wisconsin weekend on film. Pretty much. Just saying. <laughs> like, watching this beginning, I went, oh, yeah. I grew up in, I grew up, you know, around people like that. Like, this is, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that was weekends. That's Friday night, Saturday. It is not available on Amazon Instant Video either. So you have to purchase it. Uh, it is eleven fifty on Amazon right now so on Blu-ray. Because it's, it's one of the 100th anniversary Universal releases. Ah, uh, yes. It's probably, uh, I don't know if Walmart would have it or not. Number three, I am almost certain that wedding played out in real time. Yeah. It felt like I sat through the whole wedding. Number four. Without the benefit of getting to drink at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number four, Twinkie plus mustard equals blah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Number five. I put, my, I put my Oreo and marshmallow fluff yesterday. That's different. That's different. <laughs> That's sweet and sweet. It's weird. I'm a fat kid. <laughs> Number five. I don't think that bridge is very good structural support. It looked a little wobbly. Yeah. When they were in Vietnam. Okay. The one they were climbing like, on. What bridge? 
And number six, the final one, because, again, it's a Vietnam movie. I couldn't come up with a lot of funny things for no. it. Uh, kind of lost me about halfway through the movie. Um, number six. When you I, lost you halfway through the like movie. Like, coming up with stuff. Oh, okay. Stuff. I thought you meant, like, the movie did. I'm like, no, it didn't. Yeah, after, like, five minutes, the movie's like, oh, yeah, fuck this movie. We actually paid attention to, like, this whole three-hour movie. <laughs> um, and number six, I now have a new favorite car. Yes, he does. He spent did spend a lot of the time looking at that 1953 car. 1953 Jaguar XK120. That's the car that in Saigon, um, when Nick is, Nick when they originally go and find the Russian roulette underground Russian roulette yeah. house, uh, it's the car that the the French guy drive. Yeah. It's the silver car. There's a there's a chase through Saigon, and it, it's a very pretty car. There's also a Cadillac Coupe de Ville with big yes. fins that you it's loved. White, I did. So yeah, that's that's my that's my new favorite car. I like cars. Tied with a nineteen thirty eight Bugatti. So look those up, kids. My favorite car is a nineteen sixty seven Chevy Impala four door hardtop in black. Do we need to tell them why? No, you don't need to tell them why. Did I not justify this <laughs> earlier when I said that my dad has always liked old Impalas? No, I know. I, I have know. always liked old Impalas. I know. Just because it's the car in Supernatural has nothing to do with it. There we go. Ha! <laughs> but, case in point, I knew it was an Impala before I even watched the show, so booyah. Because apparently my cars would all look like penises. That one does look a The Bugatti, bit. the 1938 Bugatti looks like it a It looks penis. like the car that Ace and Gary drive in the ambiguously gay duo. They, yeah, very much so. <laughs> that's, because that's what it reminds They're of. both roadsters. And the, and the Monopoly it car. looks like the Monopoly car, and the it's ambiguously gay. It's also Bumble. very much so like a Batmobile. Like the yeah. Bugatti is very much so a Batmobile. It's the long the Tim extended Burton fr- Batmobile. Yes. Like if if the, if the Tim Burton Batmobile took off the fins off the back and, and then rounded it out, rounded it out a little on bit on the back end. It's that's the car. Yeah. It's it's it the long like narrow front. It looks like a penis. It does, look but like it's a penis, really. But it's cool. a really cool car. It's pretty. So okay, so that was these stuff and things with Jeff. Now. The new section, because I kind of forgot about this in the last Oh, yeah. But we have a new name for it, so... Inflation Nation. Done in my best radio DJ voice. Thank you very much. By, like, cupping my hands around my mouth like this. And being really close to the microphone. Is it bad? No, 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 it's fine. Okay. No, no, it's cool. Inflation Nation. Michael offered... When Michael goes to Saigon, he offers a guy for information. He offers that French guy $20,000 for information. In today's... Oh, sorry. For the real quick, kiddos. uh, Inflation Nation is the section of the podcast where I take the money that they offer in the movie, and I increase it for today's Technically, Christopher Walken's salary should have been in the Inflation Nation section. It should have, yes. So, uh, Christopher... So, it's... And I just give you what the amount is nowadays. So, Christopher Walken's salary, he was offered $60,000... Or, sorry. He was offered uh, $25,000 in the end. That would be the equivalent of $92,000 today. Um, when Michael is in Saigon, he offers that French guy money uh, for information. He offers him $20,000. That would be the equivalent of $122,000 nowadays. Okay. He offered that guy a lot, a lot of, money. of money. By the way, in cash. Yeah, in cash. Uh, and then uh, about 10 minutes later, the uh, the guy at the door where... What? Nothing. You'll understand my okay. hand motions when we get to the next movie we're doing. <clears throat> the uh, the guy at the door uh, in about 10 minutes later, Nick, uh, or sorry, um, Michael oh. offers the guy, or the guy wants $500, and that would be the equivalent of $3,100. So there's only two sections. This, there wasn't a whole lot of money that was being mentioned in this podcast or this episode, but uh, I'm going to definitely keep an eye or keep, you know, keep doing this because this is fun. So um, and maybe I will. Maybe I'll add the, uh, you know, some actors' salaries to the Inflation Nation because that'd be kind of interesting, for especially some of these older films. If we ever come across what the movie or what the actors had made, yeah. Um. So yeah, with that. Uh, for the record, conversation. Or just time. F F FYI, this movie went up twenty six spots from I last time. I saw that. Because I opened up my list and I was taking a gander at that. Do you think it's okay where it is on the list? I'm really glad it's above Platoon. So this is number 53. 53. Um, I'm glad it went up. Me too. Because I don't think it should have been... what was it at? 79. No. No, no. It should have been higher. It should definitely be higher than that. And it needs to be higher than Platoon because... Platoon is 86 and Platoon dropped three spots. So they were very close to each other. Mm-hmm. This needs to be higher strictly they were because four spaces apart. Because this was this was seventy nine and platoon was eighty three. Okay. 
numbers on the list, not years they were released. But actually, when was Platoon released? 86. Oh, damn. I thought that was actually the years, too. Um, no, this movie, this movie definitely needs to be where it's at on the list, if not a little higher, because I think it does an amazing job at I wonder... explaining the you know the realities of war yeah. or of, of of the people that came home yes i understand platoon dealt with people changing in war mm-hmm. but it it only really kind what of war focused did on to it. someone right there right not not when they after. come back home because like there's a shot of 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 robert de niro's character when he comes home he doesn't go home where he knows there's like you know a big welcome home yeah. party waiting no, for him. He goes and gets a hotel and he sits in the hotel by himself. And he doesn't go home until he knows the party's over. Yeah, like that stuff was not something Platoon ever dealt with. No. And I and that's exactly I understand why this film won the best picture. Yeah, I understand why it won. And Christopher Walken does an amazing job as the actor in this, or as the as the, as actor. the actor. He plays an actor in this movie. No, as the character in the movie of Nick. No, and he's not Nick. He's Michael. No, no, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Oh, Christopher Walken. Sorry, Robert I heard Robert De Niro. Sorry, sorry, I'm jumping around. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, no, it, it, I understand why it won. I understand why it's on the list. I definitely understand why yeah. it's on this movie. Why it's on the AFI list. This is a movie that I would watch again. Yes, I would like Platoon, to see it again. I would not watch again. You would. I almost feel like you would no, because that would just ruin this film. I was gonna say you almost you almost feel like you would watch this movie up till they go to Vietnam. You'd watch Platoon and then you'd no, finish with this. Because movie. I liked the, I, I didn't like it as an oh my god, this is like my new favorite thing. Yeah. The end of this movie, the last scene with Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro. So I was burping. Robert, I'm trying to be a lady and not burp into the microphone. Yeah. By the way, and like the last podcast, you're like, oh, that didn't pick off when you belch. <laughs> Picked up really noticeably. <laughs> so I burped not noticeably because uh, I'm a lady this time. You're a I'm lady. I'm also really tired, so I don't care that much. Me too. Um, where was I even going with that? What was I just saying? Oh, the last scene between Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken is just like... Which is amazing. I, I, uh, uh, which makes it work after having gone through the length of the film. It's one of those where the length of the film makes the ending more impactful. Oh, yeah. I would have to say. Oh, yeah. Because that, Agreed. Because at that point, you've really spent the time to invest in these. If you made this an hour and a half movie, there's no way in hell that no. it would be as impactful. Because nope. it's just like, oh, okay. Like, all it right. It totally justifies the fact that it's three hours long. Oh, yeah. And again. Totes worth it. See, it's kind of like The Wolf of Wall Street justified it being that long. See, and again, here's another one of those movies that we were like, it's, it's not a Scorsese three movie. hours long. Yeah, it was not like, gonna be good. Or not we don't we never go into a movie saying it's not gonna be good. That just, is not true. We have done that. Okay, so we do that all the time. Uh but, but no. <laughs> we're usually proven wrong. Normally when we go to a movie and we're like, this is gonna be I can suck, tell you that um intolerance time, is gonna be terrible. Most of the, just because it's from a different era. No, because it's a three hour long silent film. <laughs> We have to watch. That I know one. we do. <laughs> no iPads that one. That's the movie that we're gonna get drunk during. Yes, this is this is very true. No, uh, this movie this movie definitely is. Oh God, that's worth really it. soon too. It's very soon. It's very soon. So no, I recommend you watching this movie. I like the movie. You I didn't would, love the movie. I, I loved the movie. I the only reason you why know I, how I feel about character development. No, I know, and I love that there is character development. I love that everything that the actors or everything that the characters did was correct for their characters. Yeah. I love that it was not like the writers went, "Oh, well, let's just do this." Yeah. Proof of point. I watched uh, Olympus has fallen over the weekend. Yeah. And I realized... Is that what that Facebook status yes, was about? that's oh, why really. I well, got... Well, you should have known that going into that No, movie. and I know that. And, like, I'm well aware. I'm like, you know what? And I understand sometimes you just want that cheesy action movie, but it's like, it it had potential, and the writers just got lazy in spots, and that's Is what Christopher, bugged me. Who's in that one? That's that Ryan uh, Reynolds? Ger- no, that's Gerald, uh, Gerald Butler. Gerard Butler. Gerard... Gerard Butler. Butler. Who plays the president in that one? Uh, that one is... Uh, uh, Danzale? No, 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 no. Um, uh, the dude from uh, Dark Knight, uh, who played Two Face. Uh, oh my God! Why can I not think of Aaron his name? Eckert? Thank you. He plays the president in it. Okay. Good movie. Very good potential. Very much to a die hard film. White House Down is the other one. That's the one with Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Cannot say that man's and, name. And Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx. As the president. Not Denzel. Not Denzel. So anyways. I like to say Denzel. Denzel. You have to say his name with like a southern accent. Mm-hmm. Like a British Dan lady. Zale. Or a southern lady. No, um, British lady. Uh, no, so this movie is... 
this movie, the character development, the reason why I don't love this movie is because it's, it's because it's about Vietnam and I cannot love movies about Vietnam. Understandable. I understand their impact, but also the wedding scene went on like 15 yeah, minutes but because that long. happens in the beginning of the movie, I can forgive it. If it happened in the frigging middle of the movie, yes. then I would have an issue. See, Although, I feel that the Russian roulette scene went on a little long. The which, one that's in the middle of the movie. Okay. The one where they're in Vietnam. The one where they're in, like, the middle of Vietnam. See, and I understand why that one went on longer. I think I didn't like it because I got so frigging anxious during it. Yeah. See, that's good, though. That like, seriously, like, my shoulders out. wouldn't go down. I'm just like, mm, you can't. <laughs> they, drew, they drew that out. In my opinion, they drew that out just long enough to make you really just get unnerved. That's the point, you know? But no, I do agree. I, I, like, And that's the only reason why I don't love the movie is because it took... Again, I understand why the opening is that way. I understand why the first, first act is so long. I understand why they're spending so much time on the wedding sequence. But it's like, made it... 15 minutes shorter, just get it over that hump and just to, to, hell, not even Vietnam, to them hunting, just get to them hunting yeah, faster. Yeah. I would have been, I would have, I would have loved this movie. That's, that's just a critique. Again, I completely oh, understand Savage. the story. I understand why they do that. So, but anyways, that's my, that's my rant for it. I, I really do like the movie. It's a really good movie and I do heavily recommend it. Real quick, the other movies that it went up against. Mm-hmm. What did you want to know for... Uh, Just who it went up against for Best Picture. That's best Picture. It went up against Coming Home, which was another Vietnam okay. movie. Uh, Heaven Can Wait, Midnight Express, and The Unmarried Woman. An Unmarried Woman. Um, I Heaven I, Can Wait is not... Okay. So we talked about this on the Goodfellas episode. My Blue Heaven is technically the sequel to Goodfellas. Yes. That's right. Yeah. You may, I you get those two comment. confused. Well, it's in the trivia. Yes, yes. I lost internet apparently, so um, I didn't. Oh, mine just stopped working. Anyways, uh, so Lindsay, yeah, Jeff, what is the next movie? Oh, you are not gonna believe this. What is the next movie? No, but what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say real quick side note. Yeah, this is our fiftieth episode. Not the fiftieth movie. It's no, our fiftieth no. episode. We have done fifty episodes, episodes of this. We're podcast. counting the. Are we counting the Christmas and the Halloween special they and count... the apology episode? No, the apology episode does not okay. get counted. Because we were going to be a number off because because number one is a hundred right so we'd always be right. one off like we wouldn't be doing our fiftieth episode as the 50th number fifty movie. it would be number be fifty one should be yeah. yeah but because we are we're two episodes behind because of the Halloween and the Christmas one we're a little off right now well but yeah this is our fiftieth episode we have done fifty podcasts we've done fifty we've done forty seven yes forty seven movies. movies. So we are almost halfway. There. And oh my it's god! Very exciting on this March eighth of two thousand fourteen. Yes. I said I wasn't going to reference the fact we're recording these ahead, but I can't help it. Hey, the weather today was hopefully what it's going to be like. In this March. is very true. It was like a heat it was wave today. Forty degrees for the last two days. I've had to wear my coat. It's People took off coats. Windows were open. I didn't cars wear boots were today washed. or a hoodie. I washed my I'm car yesterday. I'm wearing one now, but that's because it's I'm comfy in it. And and within the next twelve hours, we're gonna have like Freezing two inches rain of ice. And snow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and the yay. high next week on this day is nine. Yeah, goody. <laughs> Anyways, right. moving on, Lindsay. What is our next movie we are watching? It's from 1976. So we went back two years. But here's the plot of this movie. Okay. A mentally unstable Vietnam War veteran, played by Robert De Niro, works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City where the perceived decadence and sleaze feeds his urge for violent action, attempting to save a pre-adolescent prostitute in the process. Was this the sequel this to Deer Hunter? taxi driver. And I read that synopsis and went... You have to be kidding me. So essentially, and we do not mean, we're not making like light of any of this, no. but coincidentally, the movie after Deer Hunter, starring Robert De Niro as a Vietnam veteran, <laughs> this is essentially, this is what happens after the end of freaking Deer Hunter. Yes. Are you kidding me? It's almost like the Deer Hunter. Oh my God, they so... did this on purpose. That's the whole reason why they moved it up to the But the movies positions. are two years apart. I was going to say, Taxi Driver On the flip-flopped. Yeah, so, so really, the Deer Hunter is the prequel to Taxi Driver. <laughs> are you kidding me? I love that. Maybe that's why. Maybe, oh you know what? That makes me why wonder. Why is this 
like this. Oh my god. And this is new to the list. No, that, it's not. It dropped. Sorry, that makes me wonder if uh, if that's the reason why Robert De Niro took this role in The Deer Hunter was oh because he had already done Taxi Driver. And it's like, oh, come on. You know, maybe he likes the This dropped whole... five spots. Did it with Taxi Driver? Yeah. It was at... Did it, did it drop or did it go It was up? at 40... No, it dropped. It dropped? It was at 47. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So, yeah, join us next week while but we watch to see enough, what happens to Michael. In the more like this... Yep. Um... The Deer Hunter is not listed. <laughs> Bringing Out the Dead, Marathon Man, Black Swan, Syriana, Notes on a Scandal, American Psycho. So it, it's... We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> so this Girl movie... Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Straw Dogs. So this movie... So Taxi Driver is going to deal more with the whole person breaking down... Like having a psychotic breakdown is what it's going to be. Yeah. So he's going to go crazy, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, good to know. Well, with that, Lindsay... As we've talked for a very long time for this extra long episode of, or extra long movie. Um, yeah. That's all yeah. I got to say. Go watch it. It's a the, great movie. Go watch The Deer Hunter. It's, it's a, a great very movie. good movie. Yeah, I, really I was pleasantly like surprised, not going to lie. Again, for three hours, didn't really feel like three hours. Nope. It kind of moved pretty good. Yep. It felt like about a two hour, 15, maybe two and a half yeah. hour. Like it didn't feel, it's three This plus. next movie is under two hours. Oh, it'd be a fast movie. Yeah. Well, again, it really only deals with one chapter of the movie. So is this chapter four, or this is act four of The Deer Hunter, then, yeah. basically? Essentially. That's terrible. All right, well, Lindsay, you know how to do this part. It's all uphill from here, folks! Yay! Yay! And this movie went out to Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem, don't go to Vietnam. No! Please don't. Oh, God. I know terrible things happen to you, but don't go. Well, do the right thing happened way after Vietnam. I know! That's, that's also why he can't go to Vietnam, because that happened, like, 20 years later. Yeah. Do the right thing happen 20... We need to stop this Goodbye, episode. everybody! Goodbye, everybody! Goodbye! Oh, my God! I still wave. Do you realize that? I wave when He we does do wave every time. This video episode's gonna be amazing. <laughs> why did they put Deer Hunter and Taxi Driver next to each other in the list? To piss you off. It's just so it's so coincidentally crazy. I cannot even believe. I'm so glad I didn't read that until we were doing this. Yes. <laughs> it makes it more of a good reaction. So join us next week for... Lindsay losing her mind. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my god. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one -on -one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat.